Hello, and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California, it's the Dr. Death Danger Radio Show! This intro's a lie. Neither of us can play piano. I know. What a rip. What's poppin'? I'm, <laughs> I'm, what the fuck was that? I don't know. I just started wait, inhaling wait, wait. and I just went. What are you trying to do? You're trying to be Mike Muir on the fucking, um, what was this? Uh, on the, not, what was it? The Art of Rebellion album? Uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's, it's your, <clears throat> it's your boys. We're back today. And if you've been listening to the last two episodes of the format, we're still continuing on. That's right, people. We're back today to review episode eight of C- of the season, f- the final season of Attack on Titan. <laughs> then, if you were listening, we're also here for a quick album report. Now going through the Blue Collar Commandos, <laughs> Personal Baby, Iced Earth. And then where you've got the grand finale of the oh, evening. Oh, the main event. With Daisy of Love, episode four. That's right. Hell yeah. I, um, did I, you take better notes on Attack on Titan? I did. I did the same format where I'm just like bullet points, bullet points. But I, the last one I had like eight. This one I have like 20. So it's like actual notes. Oh, thank God. Be- well, I'm trying to, because you ever notice how like when Brian and Vinny take notes, like, br- like Vinny takes the notes and Brian just seems to kind of bullet point things? I, I'm trying to figure out which dynamic that is for us, so I thought I'd try the bullet points with this and stuff, so just, hey, yeah. This is easy to remember. There's I, a lot more that goes down in Daisy of Love. This, attack, oh, yeah. this episode of Attack on Titan was a little bit more smooth. It was not as, like, sensory This overload. episode was crazy. Oh, yeah, it does get pretty fucking crazy for the most part, but let's get into it. So, basically, okay. what's your first bullet point said? My first bullet point, if my Samsung notes will fucking open. There we go. My first bullet point is Reinhardt looks pissed. Yeah, he does not look stoked. He's looking spiky. And then I wrote Aaron punches off his jaw with one punch. And then I wrote here, one punch. That's right. So basically, freaking Reiner, the armor titan, then went and fought Aaron. But Aaron just threw one punch at him. But He like, didn't even fight. He just, he he just stood threw a, there. He, <laughs> he took a punch, but he was able to get the jaw titan out of Aaron's hands. But then they realized, oh. We're pretty gassed right now. This battle's kind of over. So Aaron yeah. just stops. He pops out of the Titan, and Mikasa freaking pops up and, like, takes Aaron away. And then I wrote, then they fucking leave? Yeah, onto the freaking airship that, like, the scout troopers jacked. Gabby gets pissed and storms after Aaron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. There's not much to it. She's pissed, and she's ready to, like, freaking storm we after We do him. go in that Gabby's backstory a bit, but that comes a little later. yeah. For the most part, and literally the scout troopers are bouncing out, but Aaron, once he pops out in the airship, basically freaking, oh, hey, look, super badass Levy sees him, and he's disgusted with him, kicks him in the face. Kicks and, him in the face. And, and they arrest him. And according to the subtitles of the version I watched, uh, apparently he said, just like old times, you have such a kickable face. 
<laughs> old times. Um, Goddamn, Lenny. Yeah, causing a massacre. I think he does have a kickable <laughs> face. <laughs> and then I said, scouts be chilling, and they rally each other and celebrate their victory. Yeah, and while like Gabby's running after the airship as she picks up a rifle, little, yeah. her homeboy Falco stops her, and she's tr- and he's trying to make her to like realize that revenge isn't the way. Like clearly, they're coming at us for what we did to them, but she's just like. She does. It's like, what well, were you there? Did you see it? Well, no. Well, fuck you. I'm gonna go fucking murder some. That's the whole. That's the whole. That's her whole character. Yeah, right there. It's like, and well, it, I don't know. You could be full of shit. She recalls a painful memory. She hates them because um, who was it? Her brother or something got killed or. Or her sister, someone yeah. got killed. Like in like a big trampoline. The guards, her mom, yeah. someone died. And like, then, uh, the their gar- freaking legs were sticking out like the Witch of the West and freaking <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and Wizard of Oz and stuff under this boulder where like a freaking tramp, like a freaking crowd of people were just trampling over her legs. Pretty brutal moment. Yeah, it's like like Mustafa dying, but maybe not as like emotionally like saddening. But yes, definitely more brutal visually. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of I forget the names, but you got. You guys remember that time in season two where that one guy's little sister got fucked up by the uh, got killed by like the guards and their dogs and stuff. It, it had similar vibes. That to was that. season three. Oh, it was three. I thought that was two. Yeah, and that was Aaron's dad. Yeah, that's when right. he was a youngster. When he was a wee youngster and wanted to see an airship. So then I her and his sister <laughs> snuck out of the freaking Eldian like Eldian ghettos to go yeah. see this. But then, but they like ran into like two gate guards, and one gate guard was able to like like uh, escort his sister away. But eventually. They found her dead body. Yeah, because they realized, oh yeah, no, he basically had the dogs. Just those fuck, those fucking, fuck those fucking creeps, those gate creep, dude, those fucking gatekeepers. So then I wrote, Gabby recalls painful. Oh yeah, I said that right. Then uh, they're on the airship, and then uh, I think this stoked. was, a, I think this was a flashback, maybe because Aaron asks Reiner why his mom was eaten, and Reiner, no, no, that's freaking Falco. Because he Falco, was, I'm sorry. yeah, because Falco was sitting there hearing the conversation because his hero Reiner. This his war hero Reiner man. is just like a, having a depressive mess, and he's yeah. not stoked the shit he did on Paradise Paradise Island. And Aaron's just guilting him. It's like, yeah, with you, with you and your homeboy, open up the wall to get the Titans into my own freaking home and stuff. Why did my mom had to be eaten by a Titan? Why did that have to happen, guy? And then Reiner's basically mm. just like, I mean, he gives. I'm a not longer, stoked. Well, I'm not yeah. stoked either, guy. Yeah, he gives a bit there of a longer. There will be blood. He gives a bit of a longer answer, but he's basically like revenge. Whatever. So Gabby's basically running, and there's like one like one scout trooper hanging, freaking Lobo, and he's just kind of hanging out, trying to like make sure like all the other scouts go in. But Gabby, for some reason, is a super shot, and he just shoots him down. She one shots that dude. Yeah, and he goes down. Oh, he's dead. So then freaking Gabby runs up and realizes, oh shit, his gear is still connected to the freaking scout airship. I can use it to go up and cause more mayhem. And Falco. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, you go. I was saying, and then Falco recalls someone telling him, bro, save Gabby from this dark future. And That's so Reiner. He, he, yeah, he's trying to stop her. But what he does is he, like, she's already, like, jettisoning toward the Zeppelin. He jumps up and grabs her foot, and then they they both ride up to the Zepp. Ride up to the Zepp. To the hot air balloon. Yeah. And then, basically, meanwhile, we see, Pe- we see Peck. As she's talking to McGath, and basically she's just telling her, yeah, the person that led us into the freaking well- wellway where we got, like, dropped down came off as, like, a Marley sh- soldier, but he was part of, like, the first, like, scout squad to go to Paradise Island and stuff, but seemed like he might have been the only survivor, so she kind of remembered him and stuff. 
But either way, Gabby and Falco are basically now worked their way onto the freaking airship. And mm -hmm. what does Gabby do first thing? Oh, boy. Are you all ready for this? Yeah, well, everyone's stoked, except, like, you know, our main characters of, like, what is it? Jean, mm -hmm. Connie, mm -hmm. and Sasha. Yeah. Like, a lot of the other dudes like, yeah, we fucking murder these motherfuckers. Fuck them. Yeah, this is a fucking day. <laughs> yeah. Well, these guys, like, their main character is like, honestly, we don't feel stoked. Yeah. We don't want to, we don't want to fight and stuff. But either way, so Gabby appears, guys. So Gabby appears, you guys, and then according to my, she shoots the fuck out of Sasha. Yes, she, she basically shoots Sasha. Jean's ready to blast freaking Gabby's face off, but the last minute Falco appears and pushed Gabby away from the bullets. So basically, Jean and Gabby like shot each at each other, but they totally missed you guys. And yeah. then the rest of the scout troopers beat the shit out. Of oh, children. dude, they get the shit kicked. Like everyone, like I forget who it was hangs back with Sasha. Like no Sasha, dude. There's like. 10 people in the room they run over and they kick the fucking shit out of falco and gabby yeah dude like literally dude in the art drawing when this fucking happened with their fucking creepy looking faces yeah, they like dude. beat the shit out of children i'm like god what an art direction oh <laughs> making no it. one look good it's great did you notice did you notice how they went out of the way to like exaggerate the scouts facial features to give it the illusion of titans to make it to, to make it look to you hey the, everyone's the monster here yeah you know? basically so yeah eventually yeah, Gabby and Falco got the shit kicked out of them and they eventually arrested but then we're like in the back and basically what does your bullet point say uh, flashback to a commander dude and missing scout ships oh yeah yeah that's what earlier when I talked about Peck and like about okay. like the freaking one dude because we see the one dude that like led like the freaking jaw and freaking artillery titan into the well yeah and then I have Jean takes Gabby and Falco to talk to Zeke. Yeah, talk to Zeke. Or, like, because, like, Gabby's yelling her nonsense. Like, she wants their blood. And it's like, if I die, the will of everyone, of true Eldians are going to do this and stuff. And, like, freaking take you guys down. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, I'll let you say that to her commander. So, like, the children pop up to go talk to freaking, for Jean to tell the, it's like, all right, go say your freaking war shit to, like, Levy. But lo and behold... Hey guys, remember the Beast Titan where he supposedly died? Well, he's not. He's alive. He's super alive. Like he's super alive. And he was all part of the plan. Oh, that's what they say. Plot twist. <laughs> oh, plot twist. Now, oh, it's like oh shit, part of the plan. Wait, what? Yeah, they say something along the lines of like how remember when the Beast Titan was throwing all those rocks? Well, he threw way more than he was supposed to. And uh, well, there was other stuff too, but that was like. That yeah. was, like, the big thing. Basically, yeah, Zeke, the freaking Beast Titan, like, faked his own death so he can help, like, the scout troopers create a new Eldian Empire and stuff, yes. too. But, like, during all that, Sasha finally passed away, you guys. Like, Connie appears, and he tells everyone that Sasha's died. And, like, Mikasa and freaking Armin, like, run out because, like, dude, they were homies since season one. Oh, yeah, man. This is, like, dude, homie, homegirl meme queen with the meat, with her, like, <laughs> hung, with her freaking, like, always wanting to grub. She's dead. Yeah, bro. Sasha was like, was a lot of people's favorite characters for a lot of different reasons. And like, I feel like, I don't know where this, like, I, um, I feel, I remember watching, watching her it's die. It's a tough death. I remember watching. She's been there for yeah. a long time. She was one of the few characters that everyone was pretty sure was going to make it out alive. But nah. And, and like, in like the, 
the point of her death, because like everyone, anyone can die in this anime, but it's usually very poignant or has a plot purpose. Because what happens is Aaron's reaction. He, do you guys remember when Hans died and he like he was like crying, but he was like screaming and like laughing too. He does a similar thing here, but it's super subdued. He, it, but this time he actually like recalls a flashback to season one when they're hanging out. And she has the meat. They even like reanimated like, it. Well, Aaron asks, "What's your last words?" And yeah. all she said was meat well yeah it which which i read i read somewhere that that has meanings or whatever i don't know well bro because all her because one thing about the character of sasha is that like freaking with all the titan with when the titans freaking like invade was able to break through the wall and stuff i think she had to leave her farm and stuff so yeah she, was stuck she wanted mostly, to raise cows yeah she wanted to raise cows she wanted to eat delicious ribeye steaks yeah. <laughs> but thus in her death after the once the battle was done like er, like literally i think once they got on the ship she wanted it's like hey do you want to like munch and stuff and it's like now nah, Wait till we get back to the Paradise Paradise Island, then we can munch. All she wanted to do was munch, but then yeah. she got killed by like a eight year old. I remember I was fucking twelve year old. I was fucking days. laughing because one of my buddies I work with, who I'm friends with on Discord, he you can have like custom statuses on Discord, like on, that show up on your name. And his for the last uh, five days has been she said meat. <laughs> Just like what the fuck, Chris. Yeah, but yeah, Aaron. But yeah, Aaron's like la- like angry, laughing, crying, but a super subdued. And then Jean is, is Jean's just straight up, just wide eyed and just super serial. I'm paraphrasing. But he said she died because of you. Yeah, because you dragged the scouts into this. It's like Jean, time and place. But no, Aaron. Real Aaron needed to hear that. Yeah, because Aaron's like- upset. He's been so consumed with everything, and you know he because he starts crying, and it's like, bro fucking sasha was like everyone's homie and her death is meant to you know signify the consequences of aaron's actions and i i think that it was a hard death but i'm like you know what it had a good purpose yeah i know so freaking that was episode eight and that's where it ends off and stuff plot twist zeke's working with the survey corps to create yeah. a new Eldian empire and, and stuff with Aaron. Well, like a lot of it looks like a lot of scout troopers aren't down with this idea. No, they're not. At least the main characters. I'm sure the side off aggro characters, they're like, yeah, yo, fuck the world. Also, the entire Attack on Titan community now hates Gabby because, bro, she killed Potato Girl. Now, fuck is that. this the people that have been watching the anime or most have been reading the, the manga? Most of it's the people that watch the anime, but there's people that have read the manga too where it's like, yeah, we're ahead, but bro, fuck Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know? no, it's like Sasha. Bro, Sasha. Yeah, no, she kind of died and was not stoked. But like Zeke and Aaron are working together. Well, Aaron's been doing this thing. It's like, but everyone was like, I explained everything in letters, but it's like, dude, Levy's ready to just whip his fucking ass a new dude, one. Dude, yeah, I know. He's it's... ready to just whip some ass and stuff. I've but ne- we'll see what happens next episode. Well, the preview of next episode is more just backstories of like what's happened in the four years. I think they get right. They get new weapons and they develop their new shit, which will be, I guess, a little nice because the last three episodes have been like action. And it's been this, a consistent action. Yeah, so it'll be nice to have that 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 breather moment, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, no, I'd say continuing killer. We're like halfway through with the supposed final season and waiting to see how everything goes down. I'm telling you, man, they're most gonna, likely more wild shit. I'm telling you, man, they're gonna end the manga and the anime at about the same time. It's just it's lined up. T- he says it's gonna end in April. The manga is gonna end in April, and he and the anime. Uh, the should, episodes left should end in April. If this is the true final season, some people are theorizing there's a lot of stuff that kind of happens. Maybe they're just gonna do this is the first part of the season, then they're gonna do another ten or sixteen episodes. 
I know a lot I almost, happens. I almost hope not, just because I think if Attack on Titan ends now, it'll be a perfect time to end. The manga's been around for ten for eleven years. Fuck. The anime has been around for a fuck long time. Yeah, and so like I, I think a ten year run is 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 good. I, I think any longer it might overstay its welcome. And here's the thing about like the freaking anime. Because, like, I read stuff about the manga. It's like, there's a lot. But somehow mm-hmm. the anime is able to compress it down, but still have good pacing. Yeah, I know. It's it's Attack on Titan's a fucking marvel of an anime adaptation. It's great. Oh, yeah. I, I think... Speaking of Marvel, I watched the new WandaVision, and uh, here's yeah. my critiques. Well, I'm trying to remember last time I watched, because it's like, they went to the fucking 1970s sitcom. But then they like freaking freaking Wanda blasted out the freaking one person. But then like here's the thing, episode four actually is kind of cool because then they actually kind of show what's going on outside because it was like the mystery's now been shown. It's like oh shit, something's going on with this weird town, and like there's a weird barrier in this town where like reality's being warped to look like a sitcom and stuff. And freaking I still that think- set up everything. But then the next yeah. episode is pretty fucking dope too because it's like oh shit, freaking. Everyone realizes, oh, this whole warp reality hexagon zone is actually created by Wanda herself. Oh, my God. And she jacked Vision's corpse. Was, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Freaking like, uh, if you give a fuck. Oh, I know you nah. don't give a fuck about Marvel. It's not that I don't give a fuck about Marvel. I just don't give a fuck about most of Marvel. Yeah, yeah. But fuck it. Oh, dude, this was actually one of the fucking scariest moments on freaking episode four and stuff. Where freaking there was a moment where like you see Vision. But his fucking corpse face, where it's like there's just a giant crater in his dome, and his life is eyes. I literally like saw that first, like Jesus fucking Christ. But then he went back to like looking like a live, lifeful person. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, they show that, and then like episodes like the mystery's now discovered, the mystery of the hexagon and this weird sitcom reality. It's all Wanda's doing, but it seems like she's getting out of control. And her brother <laughs> Pietro shows up in the end. Oh, which is oh, actually shit. hilarious too, because like, Qu- like was it Quicksilver? Quicksilver. Quicksilver in the MCU passed away. Yeah, he died in Ultron. But in freaking the show, there's basically he got recast, and it's literally Evan Peters from the fucking Fox. From the I was Fox gonna adaptation. say, is it the X Men one? Yeah. Oh shit. All of a sudden, it's like, oh shit, wait, isn't that the X Men one? I'm like, you know what that? Look that up. I'm like, oh snap. Well, you know why they're doing then that? Then I take a minute. I'm like, wait, is Evan Peters a horse American Horror Story dude again? And I'm like, yeah, he is. You only know why that is. I was talking to someone, and apparently, the plan for the new Doctor Strange movie is they're gonna open up the multiverse. And you know how I know that because on wasn't I- that what the Spider Man movie? Yeah, too? yeah. Because I get because uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, the best Spider Man, is. You know what pisses me off about people saying Tobey Maguire? Pisses me off no, about no, Tobey Maguire because you know what pisses me off the most about people saying that Tobey Maguire is the best Spider Man? I have literally thought that. As my opinion, since I was a childhood, since I was since I since my childhood, but I always had to hear for years people making fun of Spider Man three, and then all the memes and people making fun of Tobey Maguire's this and that. And Andrew Garfield comes out, and that generation's like, oh my god, Andrew Garfield's so hot. He's so and then hot. Tom, the first one's cool, but then the like second movie was like, this is like too bad. This was kind of whack. And then fucking what's his name? And then Tom Holland's the next one. They're like, oh my god, MCU. Oh my god, fucking Iron Man, Peter mm. Parker fan fiction, uh, which is a very popular shipping. Uh, Iron Man, Spider Man, so hot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh my. God, God, he's the best Spider-Man. Listen to that accent. But now, for some reason, within the last two, three years, the internet hive mind decided, you know what? 
Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man was really fucking rad. I'm like, thank you. I've been saying that since 2002, you assholes. Yeah, I could imagine Spider-Man 3 not the best, but dude, Spider-Man 1 and 2 were like, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty Spider-Man killer. Spider-Man 3 could, could own its own podcast, but all I'll say is this. They wanted to do a fourth movie, and if they had a fourth movie, the third movie would have been way better. Because what what should have happened was third movie's just Sandman. You have the Venom suit, but then you set up Venom to be a thing in Spider-Man Four. But Sony, for whatever fucking reason, was like, "Uh, you don't get another movie. Um, we're gonna be working on the Amazing Spider-Man now." So reboot. And then Sam and then Sam Raimi's just like, "What the fuck?" Okay, so he threw everything in the Spider-Man Three. Yeah. But <sighs> freaking. Yeah, no, so hearing there's going to be the multiverse, they bring back all the Spider-Mans. I'm like, yeah. okay, geek moment. That's actually kind of fucking cool That's shit. actually fucking rad, because Spider-Man's the best Marvel hero. Yeah, and like they've been doing multiverse shit since ever, so yes. it works. They do multiverse shit almost as much as DC. Yes. Like, I, like everyone always jokes about, you know, DC, like, oh, they're the dark and gritty company that, that always do a bunch of weird parallel universe shit, but yeah, they do a lot of weird universe shit. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, but freaking WandaVision, shit's get escalating. I still feel like they should have just made that the whole show, though. Like, honestly, like, the first three episodes, their mystery and their pacing's kind of whack, but once they kind of, re- like, kind of, like, develop things, it's pretty cool, but now it's like, okay. Now that I've worked past what the mystery was, which I thought was whack, and, like, they kind of actually brought to normal reality, what's actually, like, reality and what's going on in the real world, it's kind of cool, but we'll see what Wanda's, what the consequences of Wanda are. Yes. Because I guess her power's out of control, and she got a recast of her brother. That's <laughs> actually really clever that they did that, though. No, no, I was lie. actually howling. I'm like, oh, fuck. Is that the fucking... <laughs> I'm like, wait, I know this fucker. That's the American Horror Story. Like wait, I'm... he played fucking Quicksilver and fucking uh-huh. X-Men, X-Men and shit. Yeah. No way, bro, no way. That's hilarious. It just... And he's coming off as, like, the cool bad boy while, like, Wanda's all mom and stuff. It, yeah. And Wanda and, like, fucking Visions, like, I don't know, sentient corpse is able to, yeah. like... He's, like, aware... He's getting aware. It's like, things aren't right here. It just kind of makes me sad that... You know, I won't be able to see Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, hamming up with all the current Marvel people. But you know what? I'm glad because you know what? Kevin uh, Kevin Feige is a very bitter man. And when and when they do the Fantastic Four shit, bro, I've been saying this for years. They're going to make the X-Men and Fantastic Four job out so hard to the Avengers. That's actually a little... Uh, I'm actually a teeny bit glad that uh, Iron Man is dead. Oh, uh, spoiler alert. Because they would have done what they did with Spider-Man. Oh, Iron's been dead for a long time. Well, yeah, I know, but you never know. Maybe some. But, but I no, just started because... watching the Marvel movies now. We, Iron Man died. But, yeah, but no, oh, be, no, because they would have done Spoiler what they. Spoiler from like three years ago. Because they would have done or what they. Two years ago. They would have done what yeah. they would have done what they did with Spider-Man, right? Because yeah, Spider-Man already existed, but then they make they tied in this whole story to Iron Man and had them be a thing. They, I would, I totally saw them doing anything like, oh, Spider-Man actually started funding for the uh for the re-richard space experiment that gave them and victor doom their powers or like oh uh i don't know uh, uh what was it uh, uh iron man's father went to school with professor xavier shit like that but i'm glad they're straight up multiversing all right now then time to go to the second part of the episode unless you want to keep talking about marvel and your no. all right <laughs> We're done with Marvel and stuff. I'll be back with, like, most likely talk about, like, how the next episode of Division goes. You know what wasn't a Marvel? The, 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 I, Ice Earth's first album. Yeah. Ice Earth. 
Which is basically the self-titled. This is the third time I've listened to this album, and I feel like I've liked it a little more each time. What do you think about it? All right, here is my spark notes. How do I put this album? There's like two to three songs that I kind of gave a fuck about. And yeah. like the riffs are cool, like thrash riffs. The singer isn't the best, but he's all right. But for the most part, not going to lie, it's kind of bland. With like three songs yeah. that are kind of sick, but for the most part, I could totally like I could totally miss this. I got burp. There's a lot of moments in this album where it sounds like your prototypical iced earth that like you're used to, like with compositions and stuff. But this is like the stuff. first album. I this think. is the first album. They might as well just call this one Purgatory. That was their original name. So like. I, it's funny. I always we always have a joke. I always joke with James when we listen to this the first time. I was like, "Man, John Schaefer loves his triplets." Whoa, he likes <laughs> his triplets so, of Tremelo. There's so many times where where like I I didn't write all of them, but I time stamped how many songs had the triplets. Oh, there's fuck. eight songs, and by triplets, this is what I mean. People, it's when the guitar goes, you know, shit like that. Yeah. Okay. So first songs, the main riff. Song two, that starts at a minute fifty for the bridge. Song four starts at two oh seven. Song seven starts at one sixteen, and then song eight starts at a minute and forty three. That's over half your songs. And like, yeah, there's a different tail end, but it's like. And then songs three. He likes doing triplets. And then songs three and four were, and, and the last song too, were structured entirely the same, where it was like slow intro and stuff. And the thing is, John Schaefer is, you know, a good guitarist. So he knows how to like make pretty sounding guitar shit. But like, it was structured exactly the same way. Like, you start off with that. Then you go mid pace to do it, do it, do it. And then you like do triplets for no reason. Then you have a solo. And then you, you, you finish off with a chorus. There's three songs structured entirely like that. And it's like, I mean, I, I can't fault it too much. It's the first album. But yeah, like, it's the first album. And no, as a good for, I would say it's a good first album, but like, there's so much music in the world. And like, yeah. When I was when I was a youngster in high school, I thought this was pretty sick shit, and now I'm older and listen to other stuff. Like, you know what? It's all right, but I ain't gonna freaking like. It's not lighting my world on fire. James had this box set when we were in high school. It was this dope ass box set of Bad. like the first like what was it ten Nice to Earth? I albums? think it goes up the freaking horror show. Yeah, or something yeah. wicked. No, no, I think no, it was no, something no. wicked this or way. Part one, else. yeah, that was wicked. Part one, yeah, not wicked. Part one, it wasn't. It was basically everything before like. Tim Ripper. Yeah. But, it was good stuff. It was, it was a cool box. Yeah, I oh know. It was a dope-ass box. But I could totally... I feel like it's definitely a period piece of, like... Because, like, dude, I start this from the Tampa Bay, Florida metal scene with yep. all your fucking death metal sweethearts and stuff, too. So I feel like there was a little bit of rub of that and kind of like that area of sound. A little bit. But it's like, oh, are we going to just sound like fucking deicide or are we gonna just sound like freaking deicide <laughs> but minus like trying to play fast and like distortion more melody i wouldn't say a deicide distortion yeah but the but they got the fucking clickiest drums on that first oh record oh my god no fucking kidding dude whatever but freaking like i i was like first off if i'm gonna like grade it i'll give it a b yeah i'd give it a b too it's just it's it's you know it's all right. And like I said, there's some songs like, I'm like, there oh, are man, bands that's pretty that are good. worse. Yes, but there are bands that are better. 
Yes. And I think Ice to Earth does get better because they do have their super anthem songs that got me hooked into them yeah. when I was a youngster, but this doesn't really have any super super anthems. So. What was your, when we were growing up, what was your like, I don't know if I ever asked you this, what was your favorite Ice to Earth album? Uh, hard to say. We'll figure it out as I go. Okay. We got albums to go. So anything yes. else you want to add or is it time? Oh, actually, I found I found another um, relatable Metallica moment. Oh, relatable Metallica. Well, because what happens is I have a giant like fat playlist, and I throw and I threw in the deluxe editions of the which first is like four Metallica sixty tracks on a fucking. There's thing. like six to eight hours on each one, which is a shitload of live tracks. Oh my god! And sometimes you catch some funny bits, and then there's this one from James. I already have it time coded and everything, so let me just pull. All it right, up. yeah, pull it up, and pull it around the mic, guy. Oh yeah. No, put it around the pop filter. Oh, say, isn't the speaker on the bottom of the phone? Yeah. yeah. Let's wait for it. It's like, oh damn, we've borrowed people's gear before. Oh, so relatable. Yeah, it's relatable. Fucking we bad. haven't had our shit stolen, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah, we haven't. Have socks and, no, that's a lie. People jack some of our shirts. Well, we don't really care, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had our shirts been jacked, but our actual equipment? No. I have not, have not, have not had that happen That's yet. what happened. But, but we're not a national touring at like Metallica. That's what happened. If we are, it's, it ain't going to be like next month. <laughs> that's what happened when I went up to LA with a uh, local death metal band, Depths of Chaos, to see that obituary show. And I forget who was going to play. I think it was Cattle Decap Decapitation. They uh, got their passports stolen. Ooh, well, ooh, that's weird. I don't know. I can't, I can't <laughs> tell you who was on that bill, but I just remember you saw obituary and I'm oh, like, dude, they're sick. Have you seen them yet? Yeah, bro. Yeah, they're fucking sick. Yeah, no, I saw a fucking obituary, like, was it, well, I can't say last year, but the year prior. <laughs> last year was mostly- 2019? Yeah, 2019, because 2020 was, like, nothing cool. I remember, yeah, end of 20, like, friggin' 2019, it's like, it, I, like, saw, it was, like, friggin' obituary, I saw friggin' Abath, which- it, Oh, yeah, the Abath solo band. Yeah, the Abath solo, solo band, which- me and my girlfriend didn't really watch that set. We caught a couple songs. I'm like, all right, I'm not a big Black Belt fan. Caught Midnight, which I was marking out for. <laughs> and Midnight played fucking shitty. I'm just like, bruh, the vibes. Like, there was one song, Poison Trash. Why are, you, why are you stoked on them playing shitty? Well, you don't understand. There's like a song called Poison Trash. And I'm just like, yeah, it's time for the breakdown. But the drummer forgot to get into the breakdown. I'm like, bruh, I've been there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, it's so great. It's like, yeah, no, they play like so bad it's sloppy, but it's like, mm, I love Midnight. Like, <laughs> Why do you love Midnight so much? It's like Venom, but better. And like, they play like... Dude. Hey, man, Venom... Ve Ve Venom's cool. Uh, I like Kronos. And then also I saw Devil Master too. Oh, Hot yeah. upcoming, like, freaking black metal, gothy black metal band, freaking Devil Master. But in the next month, I saw them again and saw Power Trip for the one final time. Yeah. Which, that was, like, super rip-it. It's like, when I saw that Power Trip set, it's like, dude, this feels like I'm seeing Waste back in freaking 2012. Like, this is like, Power Trip has become that level of a hype band. And then 2020 happened, and then singer Riley Gale unfortunately passed away, which is sadness, dog. That death fucking sucked. I'm like, fuck, dude, I still listen to Power Trip, and it's like, fuck, so killer. Yeah. So killer. So bummed. 
So bummers. You know what's not killer? Oh, I also saw oh. like High on Fire that show too. Dude, I love. I've seen High on Fire what four was that or five show? times. Just High on Fire, Power Trip, Devil Master, and Creeping Death. Now that was a pretty killer lineup. I was creeping. I don't fire. How the creeping death sound? Duh, Neo. Uh, it's basically it sound like Power Trip playing Neo Death Metal. They're from. They're both from Texas. So. That doesn't sound bad. Yeah, no, it was, no. Creeping Death's a good band, and they're working themselves up. I thought it was pretty killer. For the most part. But yeah, obituary, dude. Fucking killer shit. I just love their like opening song to kind of like get them hype. Like they play over the PA. It was like the freaking chorus like drinking cocaine. It was like drink drinking cocaine and smoking whiskey. Or <laughs> Did you say drinking cocaine? It was some ridiculous stuff. It was like <laughs> cocaine and whiskey. And I'm just like, I get it, boys. You're from the South. You're from the South. You're from Florida. You're the Florida man, man. Florida is a crazy-ass state from what I hear, man. Yeah. It can be. Definitely. Well, <sighs> listeners. Oh, boy. It's time. It's time. For the main event. The time is here. I'm sure most of the people why you're here for. Yes. We're here to talk about an old, dead reality show. Yes, we promise you a great Unearth main event tonight, ladies and from gentlemen. From the time past of the year of our Lord of 2009. God, this oh my god. I I hate watching shows between 2005 and 2010 cuz every almost everything about it is so dated. I mean, most things are from that and before then, but it's like because I specifically remember growing up in that era and partaking in some of that content once in a while, I'm just like, fuck. So fuck. <laughs> well, all right, let's bring it up back to speed. Sorry, I'm not talking straight at the mic. All right, people, for anyone, first-time listeners coming in wanting to check out the podcast, I'll bring you up to speed what happened last episode. So let me tell you, last episode of Daisy Love, the boys were getting shot by paintballs while trying to defend man mannequins in the battle for Daisy's love and romance. Sinister Team won, and Sinister got the VIP date at the club. And then basically went at the club. This was the saddest looking boring club where there's only like a bunch of dudes and one chick. So that's awkward. <laughs> and Daisy made Sinister look like a geek for never for make for leaving Sinister stuck in the VIP booth while she's off hanging out with all the other boys. Then Toolbox was trying to make friends, but it was not working because I don't think he's made a lot of friends in his life. But he was trying. Then we had a body painting date where freaking London it was making Dave, Daisy nervous. So I'm like burping. I had a pretty killer sandwich today. <laughs> so I have a feeling I'm working through that. Was emo working through the stomach emotions. And then the elimination of Toolbox being dumped and also Cable Guy 2. Two I... dudes being geeks. But, <laughs> well, okay, Cable Guy was kind of too cool and too shy to be on yes. the show. And we don't need to watch him die. So, Edward! Sing the theme song. <clears throat> He loves me. He loves me not. You think you got the best of me? Check this, you'll never get to me. He loves me. He, he loves, loves me, me not. Me. You think you got the best of me? You think you got the best of me? Check this, you'll never get. Oh, yeah, I said. Uh, you never get to me? You can't ever get to me. Daisy of love, everybody. Daisy of love. Fuck. Okay, so here's how this shit starts. Yeah. Sorry, I had to like everyone's um so it's the morning. They're yeah. just doing their morning routines and a good shot of Chi Chi doing his calisthenics. <laughs> While we got sisters talking heads like, yeah, me and Chi Chi. We're getting pretty cutthroat with our with our freaking competitiveness towards each other. He, yeah, he expresses jealousy over Chi Chi as Chi Chi aggressively works out. 
<laughs> then that's that's what you see his face. He was yes. like, we was doing them crunches. He was like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Chi Chi is aggressively working you. out while Sinister is is voicing his concerns in his talking <laughs> head about his jealousy with Chi Chi. So so ev- Rackman summons everyone to the living room. Yeah, there's a lot of instruments, and Daisy says, um, as you can guess, I like rock stars. And then they have a shot oh, of six fuck, really? gauge I wiggling. Guess. <laughs> Yeah, and then they have a shot of Six Gauge wiggling his eyebrows. Ah, Six Gauge. And she says, today, we're going to separate the guys who can rock from the guys who are all talk. And yeah, they're going to be performance of music, because here's the gimmick. They're going to be making songs based on the songs that Daisy used to listen to. When she was a young, when she was younger, nursery rhymes, you guys. Like super duper young. So like, like five years ago. It's um, she says this challenge is it's about how hard you rock, and how hot you look doing it. If you can make music that I would actually listen to, which I had to pause and laugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, don't that worry. doesn't sound like a hard don't goal. To I achieve. paused and stop on my fuck. <laughs> what level is that going? I don't know. Oh shit! What? Oh, it's just this guy. Oh, that's six. <sighs> Our fucking disfigured friend Jake is at the door. Uh, let's just give us a moment. We'll be back. Fucking terrified. Uh, uh, oh, sorry for burping. We're back. We're gonna like continue on about Daisy <clears throat> wanting her rock stars to look hot. Yeah, I try to pull up my notes. We're sort of on a timeline just because our buddies here and they're gonna help James here set up some stuff. Now we could be like fuck them and take longer than thirty minutes, but you know we'll we'll try to get through this quickly. Yeah, we mostly caught up with them and mostly it's like it's our good friend Bone Steel. So a lot of it was him talking about his freaking cock and masturbating. Oh man, I la- I never laughed so hard. In a long ass time. Let me just, that's all I'll say. Yep, I guess, yeah. And then we try to convince our like good friend Dylan and good friend Bones to go start a podcast about yes. them masturbating. Yes. Please. I think they have Tales on Tales on Tales. We can, we can start our own cinematic universe, but with podcasts. Cause I have my, cause I have, cause Ooh, I have the, the cinematic fucking cause, universe. Well, yeah, cause we got this one. This is Iron Man one. And then I got my podcast with my, uh, with my buddy. We do the hentai shit, you know, that's like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh. Guardians of the Galaxy talking about hentai. And then them. And then it's like, ooh, we like to talk about our cocks and masturbating weird <laughs> shit on Reddit. Please, it still hurts to laugh. <laughs> All right, take us oh, through. Oh, god damn it, whatever. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, so I was try- what I was trying to say, it's all about how hard, how hard you rock, how high you look doing it, if you make music, listen to blah, blah, um, So, yeah, yeah they're basically... Whichever te- sorry. Yeah, I was but. <laughs> Whatever they're gonna be jamming out nursery rhymes and stuff, and yeah. like all from the end of this like conversation, like all right, you guys are gonna be jamming at the knitting factory. Yes, and London also goes on a spiel. It's like, yeah, I've jammed the knitting factory in New York and stuff too, so I'm pretty stoked like about I this. Bet you have, buddy. Bet you have, buddy. So it's teams of three. They got two hours, and here we go. Um, we're gonna kind of jump out of order just because I have all the teams written down and what song they that they got assigned. So. So, yeah, well, let's go off the captains. Who are the appointed captains, my dude? Six Gauge, and then, oh, sorry, yeah, and then London. And then Sinister. Yes. And all right, who does Six Gauge, who's Six Gauge's team, and what's their song? He picks Big Rig and Flex, and they get Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Oh, fuck. All right, how about London? Who's he got? He picked Cage and Chi Chi, and they get Row, Row, Row Your Boat. And how about Sinister? 
Okay, so Sinister picks 12 pack first, and everyone was shocked because, like, oh, they're not going to pick Chi Chi. Oh, he's not going to pick Chi Chi. Oh, best my God. Friend. They're like best friends. But Sinister says he heard 12 pack plays the drums a little bit, so he was going for musicianship. And, like, you know, I think there's been a narrative that Sinister and Chi Chi have been kind of like feuding a little bit. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, Sinister gets the last pick out of the free game, mm. pick, uh, gets the last pick of Fox. Fox, Foxy, Fo- um, and they get old MacDonald. Oh, MacDonald, have a farm. E-I-E-I-O. Okay, yeah, there's so, not much with them yeah. kind of like hanging out, trying to get together to songs and stuff. You yeah. know, the most notable thing is that like Sinister and his team are basically able to get a jam going and it's sounding passable and like Lennon and Chi-Chi are outside smoking a cigarette and we oh get a line from God. Chi-Chi going like, Fuck, dude, they're pretty good. God. Yeah, it was so funny because Sinister wants to like punk rock this shit, but Fox is a normie, and Sinister's like, "Fuck, at least he looks good." So yeah, they're practicing, and it sounds all right. It's passable. But, but Chi-Chi's like, Chi-Chi, Chi-Chi's like, when you're a young band and you hear another band that's not even that much better than you, you're just like, "Fuck, man, they sound really good." Yeah, but I was the Chi-Chi voice where he's like, "Fuck, dude, fuck, dude." There's like so much better. Then six, six t- oh, this is funny. Six, six gauge. gauges teams suck and they know it. So they scheme out an idea. Yes. They're they're talking about chill uh chili peppering that shit and going no clothes. Or they talk about that, but what actually happens is well we'll see. And I'm cause I'm thinking to myself, there's no way they're gonna do that, right? Hold that thought. So they get in the limo and they all go to the venue and they all look pretty super goofy for the most part. Yeah. And um, they get so Daisy and uh, Ricky come out. The Racked and Rackman's like, uh, and Daisy's like, okay, so the judges are gonna be me, Rackman, and, and my best friend, my best friend Taylor. I'm like, who the fuck? And then apparently Daisy's like, yeah, she's the daughter of the guitarist for the Steve Miller band. I'm like, what the fuck? Show your dad if that's true. Assuming this is real, I'm like, show your dad some respect. Don't be on this show. I'm assuming That's weird. I'm What's assuming, going on? How did Daisy be friends with you? I'm assuming her dad is Kenny Lewis, but I couldn't. I tried digging. Wait, how many guitar players are in the Steve Miller band? Well, there's only two, but they've had a lot come through. So I was trying to like figure out which one it was. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those bands that have had like kind of a revolving door. But yeah, um, except for Steve Miller himself, I'm like, you know. Being on the show to me is disrespectful because Steve Miller is like the is like the picture perfect example of a really great, pretty good band. Like I can't say they're amazing, but they're 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 above average. Hey, they did well. They did. Very There's a well. lot of worse bands in the world. Yes. Okay. So then we get to the challenges. The first band up. Did you get the teams' names? I forgot to get that. Oh, I got the teams' names. Okay. So well, the first band that goes up is Six Gauges Band, and I got a great line from Twelve Pack, and he's oh, like, God. man. I feel like I'm in a transsexual biker bar with all this glitter and stuff. <laughs> you I'm know what? like, damn it, Joel Pack. Why? But being so, like, so enjoyable. You know, uh, social justice. This is his face because he just has, like, a stoic, silly face. What he says is, like, I'm in a transsexual biker, biker bar, bar with all this glitter and stuff. You know, uh, social justice brownie points to six gauge. He said transsexual and not, you know, something derogative like transvestite. I mean, it was still demeaning, but it's like, you know what? Tolpak's a cool guy. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically, yeah. freaking. Uh, so, six gauges band, they call themselves Chip and Daisy. And basically, Rise are about to jam. Daisy Center is like, hey, where's Big Rig? And what does Big Rig do, Big do my R- dude? Big Rig comes out and he's fucking buck naked. The only and he's actually like naked with a big red basic bass guitar in front of his big rig. 
Flex is on the drum set looking dead fucking serious. And then they like do some bad trio harmonies. Big Rig's going full Halford like he's on the screen for Vengeance. Yeah, he's he's going full Halford on the Screaming for Vengeance tour, and then at one point, Six Case just rips off his pants and just flexing his freaking banana banana hammock. He's like, dude, well they can't see me doing this, but I'm like thrusting. It's like, dude, it's going, bro. I shouldn't say this. He's got a big dick. Well, he's got a pretty good sized dick. Well, you're not. Well, hopefully. I shouldn't say this because my parents were hanging out with my brother, Javi, and he found out I had a podcast. He's like, wait, Edward has a podcast. And they're like, yeah. So they showed him it. So I'm really going to be embarrassed if this is the first episode he hears. Yeah. Because well, my brothers don't get modern humor. Well, basically, we got this one dude who stripped off his pants. He's only wearing banana, a banana hammock now. And what we see is hopefully... A very long-looking penis. I An loved impressive it. Impressive-sized penis. I loved it. This was insane fun hijinks. And Daisy loved it too. There's a shot she's of her. She's just howling. There's a shot of her like doing that shit. Where she's like leaning back, legs across. She's like biting her lip, like mm, like that. I'm like, she was into it. She was into it. Hey, you got hot dudes getting all naked in front of you. London is next, and it's fucking lame. I think it's lame. I think it's not that good. But Daisy's like, fuck. I just want to make out with him. So yeah, basically London's band, they're called Daisy Blades. Cause he <laughs> says Daisy likes razor blades. Like, and is- it's awkward cringe. And it's like, wait, what? Razor blades? What? I like need to like shave my legs or something? I wax those bitches. <laughs> and she I'm said like, something like that. And I'm sitting there as like, that comes off really bad, especially around that time period. Cause razor blades means young, youthful self-harm. Yes. And but Ra- yes. supposedly when I was listening, this meant like some fucking gimmicks that were in her hair that are called razor blades, but Yeah, I was confused because I don't know what that is. So I was confused. I'm like, what? I, I wasn't like offended. I was just taken aback. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Whatever. And then like, yeah, the music performance is bad, but they look like they're trying, they're enjoying themselves. And Daisy's like, you know what? London just looks hot up there. And then it's like the fucking edit where his voice becomes better and stuff. Oh yeah. They thought, oh yeah. I was going to ask if you noticed that. Cause I fucking noticed that. Yeah. Which I've like heard in like, in like freaking interviews with London and stuff too. Cause it's just like. Getting myself educated on the show. He says his, his voice is kind of like a high-pitched ACTC Bond Scott-like thing. He's like, wow, Daisy, Daisy. I'm imagining now Bond Scott just, you know, because we're like, way the hell. It's like, Daisy. Whatever. She just knows that London looks hot and he almost ate shit at the end of the song. That was great. So here's the next is Sinister. Oh, my God. This is And the they're best. called Daisy Train. So if I may, Sinister 12-pack? Looks like a fucking king. He's got these aviator shades, a tiger pattern scarf. Bro, he looks fucking fresh. Oh, my God. I love 12 pack. And I'll be honest. The music kind of sounds like Discount Ramones, but it's the only one that actually tried to transcribe the original music to guitar. Like the other ones, they were just like doing whatever. This Sinister actually tried to do the, you know, bam, 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 bam on guitar. Yeah, he's trying to actually try to make an actual song. He tried to actually do the challenge. Yeah, he tried to do the challenge and like it still it sounds like shit, but in a sense it's passable, but... It was kind of boring watching them. No, it was boring. They like the have... other guys, they clowned around and stuff too. Yeah. So now it's the chopping block as Daisy rundowns the band. And where she first talks, where she like in her talking head talks about Chip and Dale's like, yeah, they try to have a 
freaking rock and roll makeover and they kind of did a bad job. And you know what? I think I'll give them a present. Because what's the point of having boy toys if you can't really toy with them? So the judges... Oh. So we got the judges of Rackman, Daisy, and Taylor. Can I point out, there's a line because uh, Rackman gets a talking head and he's like, I think they all suck. I'm like, it's like, well, you're, you're not, not wrong. wrong. Yeah. Like, they all kind <laughs> of suck, but like, he literally comes down. Yeah, but Sinister is like the only one that seems like that actually did the gimmick. So clearly, we all know who the winner is. So the judges are like, uh, Rackman and Taylor want to go with Sinister, but literally, ultimate decision, the power of decision, it comes down to Daisy. So. She went with Hot Boy London. I was so mad. And Rackman's disgust was the best part. Oh my god! He just rolled. His eyes just rolled back, and he's like, "Fuck!" Oh my god! I I wrote here. I'm starting to hate London now. Not because he sucks, but it's like, why the fuck does Daisy like him so much? She's so plain. And the thing is, it's like you said, Rackman looks offended. Sinister looks offended. I was offended. (laughs) Okay, this show. I don't know if they did this on purpose. And I don't think this is all some cruel practical joke, but it's more evident later, but I'm going to bring it up now. This show got more and more and more about Rackman roasting Daisy and the show roasting Daisy for shitty decisions. It's not like Brett Michaels where he has rock star immunity. No, no, no. This show, no, no, no. This show doesn't even try to go out of its way to make Daisy look bad because she does it by herself, but they don't cover it up. It's like, Daisy, what the fuck? So, whatever. Basically, the winning team are going to go on a luxury Gibson tour bus as they go to a freaking Gibson showcase freaking building and stuff. So, once in the tour bus and stuff, they're just, like, enjoying themselves, and London is pounding liquor. (laughs) And then Daisy is getting kind of concerned about London's drinking. So, then, like, she's talking to London, and, like, basically... He's like, at one moment he says, like, so it's like, he asked him, where are we? He's like, I don't know. I think we're in like Beverly Hills ish and stuff. And it's like, no, I think I kind of woke up in a in my car one time here or something. Mm-hmm. And then Daisy's like, basically, so it's like, I don't know. It's kind of concerning how much you drink and stuff. And she's like, London, what's your uh, living situation? And London's just like, uh, I'm not going to oh, lie. I, oh, I transcribed it. Oh, go for it. He says, um, well, I'm kind of homeless, and she's like, "What?" And then he gets a talking, and he gets a talking head, and he goes, "Well, uh, uh, did you? Well, I, I, you see what happened? I, I, I left. I, no, I, I moved out. I was kicked out before I left. <laughs> it's like he's going. He went through all the motions of like, ah, oh, should I just like buttercut it? Should I buttercut it? Should I buttercut it? Yeah, ah, let's just go with it. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, he the the fucker's homeless." So, yeah, he's homeless and, like, couch surfing and stuff, too. But he said that his freaking pops freaking, like, booted him out of the house and stuff. Yeah, he said and, like, fake that, like, he got he got freaking attacked by him. Cause but dead. the cops yeah. end up showing up. It's like, he's kind of full of shit. But, honestly, his say is words. So, and, like, I don't think you actually are, like, legally here and stuff. So you might as well just leave. Yeah, it's kind of a gray situation because, you know, we don't know if this is real. But according to London, his dad's hooked on pain pills. And that, you know, he's whacked out. And... Oh my god, yeah, this but, moment. Yeah, because like he's sitting there and he's like telling about his like situation and it's like, you know what, I'm opening up, gonna tell Daisy that like, you know what, uh, like like he's like being vulnerable, and then Daisy just gets distracted and then London gets a little not stoked. Yeah, see yeah, it's it, it happens like just like like that, because he tells her she's like, Oh wow, I'm sorry. Then she like looks off to the left, she's like, Ooh, a squirrel. Oh, oh look at this. <laughs> oh, squirrel <laughs> Yeah, like that shit from a squirrel. Yeah, no, that's what fucking happens. And London, I actually felt 
I was empathizing with London here because he doesn't say this, but he's basically like, fuck, man. I was kind of spilling my guts to you. Yeah. I was kind of telling. Yeah, so they go to the Gibson showroom. Did this anger you watching it because I know you're Team Ernie Ball? I'm Team Ernie Ball? Well, was Team Ernie Ball, <laughs> but they laid me off. But whatever, then, like, once they show up, Daisy awards the boys with Epiphone Les Pauls. Not Gibson Les Pauls, Epiphone, Epiphone Les Pauls. Which are very different. They're just cheaper. But yeah. free guitar is a free guitar, dog. Bro, I'd love a free guitar. <laughs> and basically, they're all stoked. And London's just sitting there, like, oh, man. I had to, like, sell my guitar to, like, pay off some bills and stuff. And, like, I've been just borrowing my buddy's guitar, so I'm kind of stoked to get a guitar again. And he's all stoked. And Daisy's like, don't cry. Come on. You don't need to cry. So, like, Daisy's got the powers. Like, yeah, I just made this dude stay. What up? <laughs> Daisy's got big dick energy right now. Oh, bro. Is she She's like our fucking buddy Bone Steel on Reddit right now. <laughs> he's like, oh, don't cry. So, whatever. And basically, they're all kind of just hanging out. And stuff. They're kind of like they're just hanging out, and then London's like, like I think Daisy just brings up like, oh hey, a piano, and like London says I could play the piano and stuff. So London and Daisy are just sitting there hanging out at the piano, or London's just playing something pretty solid, and then Chi Chi swoops in and starts making out with Daisy hardcore, and then like, and then basically London's like he's getting at this point he's getting not as stoked. He's not full on like ultimate not stoked. He's like still trying to like you know what I got. He like says in the earlier things like you know I got like tough. I got tough skin. I can handle like little things. That shouldn't bother me. But yeah, first days ignore him, and then Chi Chi comes up on him, and he's like, "I'm getting a little not not as stoked." And then Chi Chi and Daisy get a little one on one time, and basically just to save you some time, and this this lasted less than a minute on TV. What happens is Chi Chi's basically salty at Sinister, and he knows he's salty at him, and Daisy just basically goes, "Aw." And then they move to the next scene. Yeah, which basically they're now munching at some dinner. And then Daisy's like, you know what? I want to talk to Cage. And basically London isn't stoked because Daisy's still being kind of dismissive. Yeah, because right before that, London like just kind of like put it on the table. And he was just like, he's like, you know what? I want you to choose me. I forget the rest he was. But he was like, I want you to choose me. And I feel like I'm blah, blah. Yeah, and like then he's doing the thing. But like, yeah, and he's putting himself out there strong. But Daisy yeah. like still wants to talk to Cage and stuff. It's a yes. little dismissive. So it's like, it's a little awkward. And then, how do I put this in my notes? So, Cage. Fuck, bro. <laughs> he tells his life story. So to start things off... This is fucked up. To start things off, he says at the age of nine months old... At the age of nine months old, his dad chucked him like a dart to, against the wall. Then his mom passed away in a gnarly drunk driving related car crash. Yeah, she got hammered and then she went to go for a drive and stuff. He hoped... He, a young Cage hoped that she would just pass out in the car, but she starts driving, and then supposedly just down the road, she got ejected from the car, and the car rolled over onto her. Then, then he was homeless for a while, and then he became a bum fighter, earning yeah. money in like fights and back alley fights. And then someone picked him up, not picked him up literally, but you know they found him, and then they got him fighting professionally. Yeah, they like some dude found him and housed him in his gym to like fight professionally and stuff. And it's so, like, fuck, man. This so fuck, bro. Fuck. I, do you know what? That I that has to be real. Because that's you can't write. And then the way he's telling it, you can't write that shit that authentically. I, I believe Cage. Yeah, so that was just a fuck, bro. Meanwhile, before that, it's kind of funny because he's like 
And he's like being strong, holding. He's not like weeping, but you can see it's rough for him. Hey, he's being Me- vulnerable. Yeah. Meanwhile, London is out, and he's like vetting the teacher, like, "What the fuck, bro? Where did I go wrong?" And Chi-Chi's like, "Bro, it's not that big a deal." Bro, you're t- you're taking it out of proportion. <laughs> like then- he's opening up, but Daisy's being a little dismissive with him. And then you have Cage pouring his salt to Daisy, and it's just just, just kind of makes London look like a bitch. And here's like, "Fuck, bro. Whatever." Yeah. So basically. So they're now heading into the limo, and basically they're heading home. So a drunk, not stoked London is getting mad at Daisy being dismissive. He's like, Sinner's like, you've been giving me attitude all day and stuff. What do you mean giving me attitude? So they just have an argument, and London's like, you know what? Just send me home if you don't want me. And stuff, because, like, he's opening up, but, like, he just seems like freaking da- Daisy still has to, like, you know, pay attention to other dudes. It's kind of funny, because he was, like... Almost handed three victories. At least two of them he only really won because he's hot and he's being hot. so and he's being so butthurt about it. It's yeah, fun. he's being yeah, he's being a little butthurt and stuff. Just like Ugh. he's like, just send me home and stuff. If you're not, if you're not, if you're just gonna keep doing then this. Another good twelve pack moment. They because they get home and he's talking about how bummed everybody is, right? And then you know they get in, he hears about what happens, and then twelve packs basically like be like, yeah, fuck that guy. Let's get that London guy out of here, like, dude. Fuck that guy. Let's get that London <laughs> guy out of here. To play the game, yeah. So, yeah, back at the house, a lot of dudes aren't stoked, and then London pulls a Kyle and starts punching the wall. <laughs> like, he's just not happy, and like, literally, like, everyone in the house is trying to calm him down. It's like, oh, oh my London, god, come down. And this is great because then he goes like pretentious, like, pretentious punk rocker. He starts getting mad at the camera guys, right? And then he starts saying a bunch of just like pretentious shit where he's, he's like, like breaking I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna be a puppet I'm and not- play the game for the cameras. My name is Joshua. My name is Joshua, Joshua Lee. Lee. I'm, I'm a, a real person. Just outside. Which, uh, I'll give you context once the episode's over. Oh, sure. Because honestly, just tell me right now, because I like, go through research, he's kind of like in the story, it seems like Daisy's like Daisy's dismissive and he's just kind of like outraging. But in reality, producers were fucking with him. Trying to make him do shit. Try to make him start shit. And he's like, dude, I'm not like that. I'm not going to go start shit with Flex. I don't believe he said anything like that about me and stuff. And, like, supposedly, like, if you were to pay attention with knowledge in the freaking, like, there's a moment where, like, supposedly the producers try to make Daisy be, it's like, Daisy, you need to be meaner to London and stuff. And her sitting there's like, hey, London, wear, like, Daisy's pink fluffy coat. And he's like, sitting there's like, dude, I'm not going to wear her pink fluffy coat. And there's a point where he's like, dude, I'm done with the show. Get me the fuck out of here. Oh, shit. Man, fuck the VH1 production staff, dude. Yeah, I'm just These saying- reality TV shows, like, they're fun to make fun of, but fuck, dude, it's like a bunch of vicious fucking piranha but, mentality shit. But let's just go in the context of what's presented in the storyline, because that's what was actually going on, why he's raging and stuff. Okay. And, and like, whatnot, too. Because, But let's just go, like, yeah, he's kind of just being very whiny and st- he's not stoked. Okay, yeah, yeah. Whatever, I'm Josh Rooley and I'm a real person. Then Daisy like wants to talk to London. And basically Daisy's just sitting there like pretty like balling up and like she does not want London to leave. And and London says he feels that Daisy just like he feels like he's opening up to Daisy, but Daisy does but he also feels like Daisy doesn't want him there. It's being too dismissive and stuff. And he literally said he can find a place when he gets home and stuff, but literally he's sacrificing time to meet Daisy and everything. And basically, they have a hot, passionate kiss, and like Daisy thinks London's the best kiss out of the house and stuff. And then Lazy says this bullshit where she's like, "I don't think there wouldn't, I don't think there would be drama if we both didn't care." I'm like, "Oh, this is a weird situation." I'm like, "Fuck you! That's not how that works." So it's the next morning, and Troll Pack and Flex are throwing shade at each other. Oh my god! Yeah, they're just yeah. like chilling in bed, just talking shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, dude, I love this cast, man. They just feel like a bunch of regular people. Yeah, so Chip and Daisy are bas- like, basically, they're all hanging out, and then like Daisy's going to send the Chip and Daisy crew to go get makeovers and stuff because they had bad rock and roll makeovers for their freaking band shtick. Yeah. So now Daisy is hanging out with the rest of the guys while Chip and Daisy are out, and they want to play a game of truth or dare. And Fox starts off. He's a fucking savage. He asks Chi-Chi. He's like, hey, Chi-Chi. Truth or dare. And then Chi-Chi's like, like... He's like, truth. Truth. And Fox says, who do you think is going to go first? You were sinister. It's like, fuck. And... He knows how to play the game. And then he basically says... I'm paraphrasing. But he basically says, um, I think if it came down to it, uh, Daisy would pick sinister over me he lists off like some yeah, superficial you know, like, good oh hey he's a killer musician oh like he's got like free, he's super creative and stuff and i think that, i'm kind of just like a chilling guy and so. it backfires almost completely because daisy's like what the hell does that mean and then sinister is but is basically like man that was a sympathy move i see right through you it's a sympathy move i see through you chi chi yeah so basically, now Chip and Daisy, hanging out with Rackman, goes to the Floyd Barbershop for a professional makeover. And we see these dudes, these freaking, like, fashion punks. But they're crazy dudes, like, oh, snap. <laughs> it's funny. This they're not prepared for what's about to happen. And it's funny. This isn't, like, a big line. But it's just Big Rig has a great voice because he says, I walk in there, I see some of these hairdressers, and I'm thinking it looks like there's some punk rock going on up in here. There's some punk rock going <laughs> I love his here. voice, man. Yeah, I know, seriously. So back at so back at the house, Daisy Daisy oh, dares Twelve Pack and Cage to arm wrestle, and Twelve Pack just wins. Oh, dude, yeah, he's like win, and uh, you get a kiss. So they start, bro. Twelve Pack fucking buries Cage. He buries Cage. Cage like gets up and like puts on his hood and hides in shame, and then he gets up and goes over to Daisy like, yeah, come here. Yeah, he just went and freaking smashes his face He goes Christian Bale Batman. He's just like, come here. And then they smash And then you got London. It's like, you can see right there, like, Daisy kissing all the other guys. She's pretty, like, she usually wants to, like, try to push him away and stuff, unlike me and 12-Pack. Yeah, so he kind of sees 12-Pack as a threat, and then this is one of the moments where I was, or I unironically legitimately was kind of like, fuck you, Daisy, because then Daisy asks you know london truth or dare and then she's like she's like so london um what's the deal with your living situation and then london was in the talking head was like i told you on the bus <laughs> it's like what the fuck and literally the mood in the room just died there because like i told you on the bus i'm not gonna explain this especially not in front of everyone I'm getting out of here. Oh, uh, he was under in kayfabe. He was understandably pretty pissed. He's like, "Yo, fuck this!" And the mood in the whole room just kind of died. So then Daisy talks to Rackman to get his opinion. Yeah, a bit like they're getting ready for elimination. And it's and and, he, and she tells him what happened. And this is great. Throughout the whole show, Ricky's been absolutely astonished at her decisions, right? And like she's explained this to him. And I think they edit. They tried to edit in a way that it looks like his facial expressions, like he's shocked at what he's hearing. But nah, you could tell she thinks she's being an idiot. And he and 
she asked for his opinion and he's like i don't want him to stay yeah they're talking about london and basically yeah about london and like all those like drama with london and stuff ricky says is like dude he was crashed out on your floor first night and stuff yeah he says you're hurt you're in a fight and then like you gotta remember like london earlier we forgot to say like when he was like having his like heart to heart with daisy sinner's like dude like first night i was like face down in the crowd drunk but you know what? i've been winning these challenges i've been fighting for you daisy yeah he won three yeah, he literally was like at the bottom of the bottom, but then has worked his way to where, like, top, top. And then Ricky Rackman says, and I fucking quote, London's a loser rock star who can't get a girl, and this is the kind of the guy that Daisy should be away from. I'm like, bro, Ricky Rackman's the smartest character on the show. Yeah, the, he's trying to come up with the smartest character on the show. It's like when Vince Russo books himself. And he's the smartest fucking person. Yeah. But basically, it just boils down to Ricky doesn't want London to stay, but Daisy wants London to stay. And does Daisy's like, this will be the one time I don't agree with Ricky. So Daisy goes as a preliminary talk with London. And basically, it boils down to she is like, is like, London, I don't want you to leave. I'm going to give you a pass tonight. And basically, and she does not want him to leave. I, it's like, she feels like she has like the biggest connection with him here. But yeah. like, London's like, fuck, dude. I don't know if I should like stay or should I go. So that was that. So it's elimination time. Really quick. I'm sorry. Before that, because I watched the YouTube version, there was an advert that they left in for the website. And, you know, Daisy's like, oh, fuck. she's like, go to the uh, daisyoflove.vh1.com to see all the stuff you didn't see. And there's a shot of what looks like an angry 12 pack getting comfortable on the couch and then it cuts to a shot of him sucking his thumb in his sleep (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if that's real or if he they just did that for publicity funnies that's a really funny image (laughs) so Illumination, we see the new Chip and Daisy looks. Oh my god. And literally the most ridiculous one is Big Rig with his freaking like I love Big Rig. With his Chris Jericho freaking like shirt and his freaking avocado hair. They look like Marilyn Manson extras. Wait, is that in bad taste right now? It might be. Fuck. They look like they're from the 90s, and it's great. They're looking pretty ridiculous. They look like they should be in a new metal band. Alright, so it's now time to hand out Illumination passes. And the first person is... Cage, which twelve pack is shocked and appalled that Cage because got like it she's first. like, no, this person's really opened up to me and I'm really connected with them. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, no, I feel this passes me. And then like Cage gets his like, what, what's up with that? I'm surprised twelve. What's Gage, up with that? I'm surprised twelve Cage didn't try to just be like, I can actually play an instrument. Anyway, who was next? Next was Chichi. The next is 12-pack. Then when he's picked, that makes Big Rig and Flex upset that he was picked before them. He's like, damn. <laughs> Whatever. The next is Flex. And then it's Big Rig. But then now, Daisy brings down London. Because remember, as I believe you said, she's go- she told him straight out, I'm going to offer you a chain, and I hope you take it. Please. But then, like, once he- she brings down London... Like, and all this, like, hot, like, Daisy's getting all, like, like, she's starting to, like, ball up and stuff, and she's like, oh, God, it's now time for the London pass. And literally, London just, like, once he comes up, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to deny the pass and stuff. Like, literally, he just does not feel comfortable being here, and he doesn't want to keep, like, making Daisy run these, like, 
running these freaking heart lap circles or whatever. And like Larry Rackman's like sitting there's like, you know what? This is the most respect I've ever had for you right now. I'm like, okay. Yeah, like and your respect bit, means something. And literally freaking just like Daisy's just sitting there. She's like, no, no, no. And then she just bounces out like a tornado of tears. Yeah, this is so... I felt bad for the other guys because like... We got three dudes that were left. Yeah. We still had like Six Gauge, Sinister, and Fox. Yeah, and they're just like, well, what the fuck is going to... And that's how the episode ends, by the way. Like, literally, it's like freaking London bounces out. It's like, you know what? Sorry. Like, later, guys, and stuff, too. He's like, you know what? I just... I feel sorry what I had to do with Daisy and stuff, but I just don't feel like I could be on the show anymore. So he just bounces out. And then basically, yeah, that's how the show ends. With, like, yeah, like, last bit just do... A lot of the dudes just kind of standing there not sure what to do next. But in the credits... We got 12-pack and Flex wrestling for a bottle of booze after elimination. And then Fox pops out of nowhere and jacks it. And I'm like, we're sitting out like, bro, these bros. They seem like they're at summer camp. They're just like bonding all together. This is like the most friends of like a crew of dudes out there. I know. This is the story I want to see. I, I want to show like that. Like not like this or not like Big Brother where there's producer. I want to just see you take a bunch of these dudes, throw them in a room, and just watch the bromance. Like, literally, we watch fucking Rock of Love, and, like, we get factions formed and ladies hating each other. Yeah, like, like all malicious. these dudes, Like, all these dudes are totally bonding together. I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm going to be honest, all of that, like, scheming and, like, all that stuff they do, I think almost all that was just shit that they, that's just them editing it, and then them scripting the talking heads. I think filming this, yeah, it went by fast, apparently, like you said, but, like, I feel like filming this, except for the shit with London, was pretty chill. And, and plus, he had 12-pack there who knows how to play the game, so he was easy to work with. Yeah, too, but he's like, such a funny character. He's such a character on TV. I, love I almost want to watch I Love New York and Money just for him. Just to see if he's as good. I don't know. I if feel I like he's refined and he knows what he's doing because he always throws like a dumb, goofy look every time he says something. I know. Like, you know he's a character. And he's so fun. I wish he would have gotten more work. I'm not lying. I really do. I hope he made some good money on this video. H1 stuff. Yeah. But yeah, no, dude, the summer camp stuff. No, it's crazy too, because freaking like I like was listening to behind the scene interviews and stuff and whatnot, like hearing about London and him talking about how the producers are fucking with him and the biggest reason is him wanting to lead the show. It's like, dude, I'm not, I don't want to deal with this shit. Fuck this. I mean, but then I I'm also that. hearing too, it's like, oh hey, there was like a big vent in the house and stuff. So freaking Chi Chi and Sister, their two tiny asses were able to get up on top of the roof and go spy on the producers to see what kind of stupid shit that they were coming up with. Oh shit, really? Dude, literally it's like, dude, this just feels like summer camp of bros. This yeah, it literally feels like a fucking like, summer literally, camp. Literally, like none of these guys come off, they fucking hate each other. Yeah, they feel it feels like bros. They like all are bonding and stuff. It, well, that was the episode, guys. What did you think of... How would you rate 12-packs drumming? Basketball? There hey, dude, he's, just, he's sitting there just playing <laughs> a solid... Is he a better beat. drummer than Lacey? Well, Lacey was pretty <laughs> fucking hammer when she played. That's true. Kind of hard to say, because I don't know if Lacey could play more and stuff, but, like, 12-pack was, like, actually performing with a shitty band, so... Yeah. All right, people. We'll be back for episode nine of Attack on Titan. I'll most likely say my quick report on WandaVision. If I'm either cringing or if I'm getting the cinematic masterpiece of the MCU universe. Oh, my God. Oh, that's what people are calling it. Like every Marvel movie that comes out gets praised. But people are people are legitimately calling WandaVision Game Changer. Oh, my God. Show Game Changer. Ah! It's like, dude, fuck. I'm watching Attack on Titan. And I'm like, <laughs> 
I'm watching like, well, here's the thing. It sucks because I'm watching those shows back back to back. I'm like, fuck, bro, no. Attack on Titan. That's some game changer shit. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm watching WandaVision. I'm like, stuff seems weird. It's like, dude, I've been dealing with a way different, way like longer pacing story, dog. You know what the thing, the crazy thing is about Attack on Titan 2? Really That's quick, why I'm cause... like criticizing WandaVision because <laughs> I'm watching those shows back and forth. I'm like, dude. They're not the same. The real crazy thing to me about Attack on Titan is, is that like, you know, you look at almost any single kind of like, um, like anime, like long running anime or manga. And like, you'll always have divisions in the fan base where it's like, oh, it sucked after this. Oh, it sucked after this. Oh, I hate that. Hate this. And of course you have people that aren't like a fan of certain characters and blah, blah, blah. But I'll tell you this, the Attack on Titan fan base for the most part is almost entirely unified. It's not like Dragon Ball shit where people are just like, you know, oh, Dragon Ball Z sucked after the Cell Saga. Oh, Dragon Ball Z sucked after Cell Saga. Dragon Ball sucked after Dragon Ball. Oh, Dragon Ball GT sucks. No, Dragon Ball Super sucks. No, everyone that has watched Attack on Titan, of course not everyone, because, you know, not everyone's going to like it, but the fan base is all pretty much like, bro, this shit's fucking rad, and we're here for the ride, and we love it. Yeah, no, it's like that storytelling is very long paced, and it's like friggin' just cruising along. How it ends, I don't know, but and this have you is seen, like building uh, up to something epic. And since I've been watching these Attack on Titan shits on YouTube, I'm getting a whole bunch of videos in my recommended now of not just memes like the John Cena one I sent you, oh, God. but like of people making like short videos pointing out foreshadowing for shit going on now oh, that they planted the... seeds for in like seasons one two and three. Oh yeah i watched that too and it's like it's so trip when you have hindsight and you like, look bro, back like bro i know this this author is being is being accused of nationalism right now but he's a good fucking author hey dude fuck hey dude it's been a fucking long pacing story dude I, I like I say, this anime has—it's like the anime like finally airs stuff, but then it takes like a year for it to air again, a yes. year or two to air again. Yes, this isn't like Dragon Ball where you're able to get like freaking a year just constant that's like stuff. That's because Dragon Ball is so popular; it never has to worry about running out of money. People are always going to want more Dragon Ball. Which I don't know what's up with Dragon Ball. If you know what's up with Dragon Ball, I don't know what's up with Dragon well, Ball. I don't know when they're doing more animated shit, but I know the manga is um is the last time I looked it up I can't remember if they did Broly shit or not but I think for sure um after the tournament of power Vegeta and Cat Kakarot Vegeta and Goku <laughs> fucked off in the space to fuck around with that one space patrol guy and I don't really know what they're doing. I just know they're they're off in space. They're do I don't know. I keep joking. Space. I, I keep joking with people that Vegeta and Goku are just space cops now. Because I don't know actually what they're doing. But that sounds really fun, don't you think? Imagine Vegeta and Goku with this buddy cop dynamic solving crimes. That sounds like filler. That sounds like fun filler stuff. Oh, it's totally filler. I think they're gonna do Broly. Oh, we'll see. Maybe one day we'll In get Dragon Ball Super episodes again. And then maybe oh, we can review episode week by week. Oh, no. I thought you were going to say we're going to review all of Dragon Ball. Fuck no. <laughs> like, if you want me to have a podcast to last over, like, 500 episodes, sure. Let's review every episode one by one, by one each week. I mean, you and I have seen every episode of that entire franchise oh, at fuck. least once or twice. At least once. Yeah. Like I've I've watched through all of Dragon Ball Z at least three or four times. I've seen all of Dragon Ball GT at least once. Dragon Ball once and Super. I've watched Dragon Ball Super once, but I've watched Goku Black and the Tournament of Power multiple times. 
See, I'm not very well versed into the anime community and stuff. Like, I yeah. watch that shit, and like the most recent one I'm watching is Attack on Titan, but that's like almost like ten years old. Yeah, <laughs> that stuff too. I'm like literally my anime fandom. It's like mostly kind of like Toonami back in 2000s where they're showing <laughs> a lot the of 90s. Shit, bro. They're showing a lot of 90s stuff, but it seems like there's just a weird thing. No, I'm hearing youngsters. Freaking like my bandmate Sebastian, who's like he's not he's not even 20 yet, but he's telling me in his freaking chat with these youngsters are talking about universe century gundam and stuff i'm just like fuck bro, oh, bro you watching no, that you shit? no you don't understand i get i get you know, i get young adults kids and teenagers that come in my store and they're they're like we're talking like between we're talking between 9 and 15 and older like, obviously they're buying of... death note they're by my hero academia is like the biggest anime of our generation i know but it's like a lot of like kids are like my first anime is my hero academia it's like fuck dude i'm old <laughs> and like i'm sure it's a good show but it's like fuck dude i'm not really death watching. note is still popular we always sell death note do you know what's randomly popular again tokyo ghoul which is really weird and i haven't watched it dude i literally it's like i haven't watched tokyo ghoul that just shows you, like, dude, I don't know why I just lean towards Which anime. Is really that weird. Is a, anything post, <laughs> anything towards the 2000s, I'm very, like, subjective not watching. But I'll watch anything golden from, like, 90s to earlier. No, I, I don't keep up Maybe with Maybe that's what I just freaking, that's what I just grew up with, is just watching that, like, era of yeah, stuff. I don't do but too I'm much. But I'm like, fuck, I don't do too much 2000s. Yeah, I'm unsure, unless it's, like, established, like, Gundam. Let me tell you. I hear you a claim Gundam <laughs> series, I'll check it out. Like, Iron Blood Orphans was the last oh, thing I watched. Yeah, dude. Let me tell you, there's been some. I'm not saying anime in that came out between like 2000 and 2012 was hit or miss for me because there was some good stuff, but not. There's been some really good animes in the last like at least nine years. Like my hero academia. I did oh, yeah, check Goblin, out one Goblin Slayer. I checked been, out One Punch Man, and like that's just more ridiculous because it was just more of a meme. Do you do you think you could do uh, Saitama's workout? Because they, they reveal what it is. It's yeah, like, well, not like not now. I'll be fucking like death sore the next day. And try to do 100 no, body right squats, now. 100 push-ups, a like three-mile run in exactly. like 100, Every day. 100 crunches. Don't you want to be able to punch one something once and it dies? Fuck, dude. That's just, dude, that's just like such a hilarious concept. He's like so narnar and stuff, too. <laughs> yeah. And it's always like, it's literally the fun, like that show is just so hilarious because it builds up to like this epic, epic villain. And all these heroes are like eating shit and they're fighting their hardest out. And it's just like, fuck, dude, how they gonna do it and he just pops up and one punches i know it's, it's it's great and you know i feel bad for saitama because every single time there's a new hot anime protagonist that's hot shit everyone always goes but could they beat goku could that be goku do you know how many fucking could times in my life oh superman could beat goku oh saitama could beat goku all these and then you got the dudes like for some reason goku and superman are just the pinnacles of power bruh well, hey everyone that's listening. I think you can hear we're anime geeks, or at least watch some anime. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm not, not a dude where it's like geek. anime is my life. One of the best animes I've watched. Bizarre are... Adventures, dude. Oh my god, you oh, gotta don't watch get it. Me oh. Fucking start on. Yeah, that. that could be an hour long podcast there. Yeah, let, let, yeah. No, there's some good <laughs> stuff. Yeah, right, there's there's no there's good stuff. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm just saying, it's like, fuck, dude. I'm like so used to just '90s and everything new. Mm -hmm. It's like I don't know if I you can know touch it's a great that. '90s anime. Neon Genesis, even okay. That's probably the show, everybody. Yeah, that's probably the show, everyone. <laughs> Shit. Well, I've already watched Neon Genesis like twice in and my it's life. Great. I think I've argued this before. <laughs> I'm not as much as a fan, but you know what? I'm gonna say sure. I'm gonna say yeah. It is great. It's definitely. You know, it's definitely different. 
Evangelion. You know fans. what's a good old? Well, obviously, there's Cowboy Bebop. Oh yeah, that one's a good one. Obviously, one I like more of like a Western space Odyssey more was Trigun. That was way more fun. Oh, Trigun for me. was hot shit. Yeah, yeah, I remember that shit on Toonami. I just remember Toonami always just had like fucking. They always threw rotation of different animes on there. I, re- I still like remember Full Metal Alchemist and shit. Like, oh, I, I love that show. I can't remember watching that one. I can't. Wait. Dude, Inuyasha, fuck, dude, just Inuyasha out. was great. It was like on repeat, like every fucking night. I'd be watching an episode of Inuyasha. Oh, it's great. Uh, a, a really quick hot take before we go. There's a lot of people that don't like the original Full Metal Alchemist, the Full Metal Alchemist anime because it, it did different things from the manga and there's people that like Brotherhood more because it's closer to the manga. I have a hot take for you. The original anime was just better. I, I liked it more. I've watched both. I've watched it. I've read Brotherhood. Never read all the manga, but I read at least half of it and I just I just prefer that original anime. I just think it's written better. It, it's kind of a contentious issue. Full Metal Alchemist has been low-key for a long, 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 long time, but the fan base, when you find it, is still very dedicated to the to the IP. Killer. Well, other than that, that was the Doctor That Danger Radio Show with your host, James and Edward. I've been Edward. All right, have a good one. Adios.